Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight for uh, AU4H Radio's program, Real Talk, with myself, with my um, sister, advocates, and best friends, Lori Ann Smith and Donna Shear. Um, we're glad you joined us tonight. And, you know, today is Wellness Wednesday. It's the, the second Wednesday of the month. So we're going to discuss different um, areas of wellness and some, some self-care and boundaries and uh, some different things that you can do, you know, when you're in crisis and um, things that can help you relax and get you through the moment or the day. And um, hi, Lori. Hi, Donna. Hi, Lori. Yeah. So, you know, this is a wellness check for, you know, everyone who's out there dealing with mental health struggles with the depression, um, anxiety, the PTSD, and, and the other diagnosis, and those who are in sobriety, um, whether you're new or you have, you know, a lot of time in, you know, I have 27 years, and I'm grateful for that. That was January 1st um, is awesome. my sobriety <laughs> um, But, you know, we're just checking in with you. You've made it halfway through the month. You know, it's a fantastic job. You're here. You've done it. You know, so just let us know how you're doing. Um, and if there's something special related to mental health struggles that you'd like us to discuss, there, there's something specific there. You know, for me, a lot of it is dealing with the depression and anxiety, um, the PTSD, and it is not as bad as it used to be for me. Um, some things still trigger me, but, you know, and I'm here for anybody that, you know, needs to reach out. You can leave us a message um, on our Facebook page, on the AU4H radio Facebook page, or you can email us at, you know, au4h at yahoo.com. Um, you know, I want to talk about the different um, different modalities, different tools that you can have in, in your toolkit to um, help you get through your healing journey or to take a few steps. Uh, for me, I started off journaling when I started therapy a long time ago, I was in for about 12 years of therapy. And I was blessed with two amazing counselors. Um, the first one for a year, which I saw, I saw Catherine every week um, for an entire year is what they call the emergency stage. And then when I got through that, uh, I was, I transferred to someone I saw twice a month. Um, once a week, if I needed to, you know, I could get extra visits in there. But, you know, Sandy was fantastic also. And, you know, I, I was really blessed because a lot of people aren't so blessed in finding good counselors. Yeah. And they end up having to go through, you know, multiple counselors before you find the right one that fits, that connects with you. And that's really hard because it's we've got to trust somebody <coughs> and sharing our our stuff, our baggage, our trauma. You know, and it's really hard when you've got to repeat that process in order to find, you know, someone you connect with. You know, one of the mm -hmm. things that worked really well, like I said, was, was journaling, writing down. You don't have to be a writer. You don't have to, you know, be don't have any special talent, but just writing. And it doesn't have to make sense. No. You know, at the time, some things didn't write, make sense to me that I had written down. And I'd, I'd look, you know, three months later or whatever down the road, and then I'd look back at what I'd jotted down um and it was like oh okay aha you know you have the aha moment um some things never made sense you know but i wrote them down 
they came out. It was a lot of stuff that, you know, I purged from the trauma that way. And at one point I had come to in my journey and I had about a dozen journals at that point. I, I would pull out the, the poems, the special things that I'd written that I wanted to save. And I would rip up the pages and I actually had a little mini bonfire and it was a, it was a way of letting go of everything that I have purged because I didn't need to keep that. I didn't need to keep all that junk, you know? So I, you know, I did that. I had a little bonfire and I said goodbye to it. You know, I had a, my own little ritual that I did. Um, and, you know, you can make up your own little ritual, you know, whatever you want. You can, if it's just burning them, if it's just putting them in the shredder, you know, um, yeah. or you can want to light candles, say a prayer, say, you know, if you want to pray, if you want to chant, um, or if you want to say nothing, you know, it, however you do it is up to you, you know, and there's no wrong way to, no wrong way to, to let go. Um, but for me, that was a very cathartic experience and it helped me to let go of a lot of that junk so that I could make room for more healing, you know, bring, not that I really wanted to deal with all this stuff, but I had no choice. You know, I'm not one of those people that could um, pop it in the box and lock it in a closet somewhere. It just came up and it smacked me in the face one day and mm -hmm. That takes me because I wasn't thinking about sharing this. It just didn't come to my mind in the beginning. But the day that I started my healing journey was really powerful. I mean, here I am, you know, decades later, and it's still, it brings me to tears when I think about it. Uh, I was driving, I was actually working for a hospice um, in patient care. I was headed back to the office at the end of the day. And the song by Mariah Carey came on. It's called Hero. And it, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, it talks about, you okay. know, it's about the hero that's inside of you. And it was like the dam just burst. I was crying so hard. I had to pull over to the side of the road. Um, it's okay. It still affects me to this day. It's just helped. It was powerful. It was powerful. That was. Hey, yeah, I, you know, there's a hero inside of me. I can do this. I've got this. You know, I didn't really believe that I fully had it, but it was it was a massive step forward, you know, in the journey. And, you know, along with writing, I'll go back to the, the tools that I use. Writing art is a fantastic, fantastic wow. modality for, for healing. And yeah, it is. You don't have to be Picasso to paint. I mean, you just paint whatever. Uh, it can. I did some paintings that um, actually on wood that that looked like you know probably done by you know a little toddler, but it was expressions that were coming out of me. And eventually, I was able to let. And it was a really really bad memory from you know one part of the abuse in my teenage years, but I was eventually um, years ago I was able to let that go. And, and you know, so. But there is also, I mean, you can do pottery, you can do um, sketching, you can just, what I have here was given to me by somebody special years ago, um, a few years back, is my own little, it's, it's a gratitude journal in a sense, but it's a coloring book. So, um, and for me, it came from, it came from a secret sister at a church I used to go to, um, very special person to me still today. 
It has so many wonderful things in it where you can color. Um, now there's a lot of really tiny, tiny things to color. Um, so it's going to take me a while to get through the book, but you can write in it as well. You know, it talks about gratitude, talks about love. Um, and it, this, this is in particular is, you know, does have a scripture with everything um, that you like read that. and write and color. Um, you know, I give, I'm looking at, I give you thanks, O Lord. And that's Psalm 138, one. Um, but this, I don't generally take a lot of time in it. It's whatever I feel like. Sometimes it's only like maybe 30 minutes, you know, and then I'm good. So I've got my own, I've got my own colors, you know, <laughs> and do that. You can also use, you know, for sketching. I'm, I am not Picasso. I am not, you know, an art artist per se, but different things that, you know, I feel like sketching or if I see trees and I want to sketch trees, I'll sketch chairs, I'll sketch the couch, I'll sketch the dog, you know, um, just so many different things. But it's, you know, I picked that I gave to myself and I've got um, specific drawing pencils, you know, for that. Which, and, and it helps. It, it does help. When I get in the mood, I'll just, you know, sketch and draw. You can do so many different things, you know. It's your choice. It's whatever you feel like doing. And... It's not, you know, something that's going to be critiqued by anybody. This is for your own healing. This is just to help you, you know, and this yeah. is, it helps me. Um, so, you know, some of that, some of that is awesome. You know, dance, you know, and I was sharing with, with somebody earlier, like, about the dance thing. you know, it's like, you, you don't have to, I've got someone I met years ago who was another survivor and she danced. Um, somewhat professionally you know she was a ballet dancer that kind of thing and i mean it's like ballet dancer i am not um i don't even have good balance but don't hear um, i can hear loud music and put the bass on but what i'll do is i'll feel the vibrations being deaf i feel the vibrations in the music and and mm -hmm. i just and i make sure everything's closed because i'm like you know dancing you just dance away there's no special <laughs> dance moves. It's just whatever you, your body feels like doing. And, you know, I was laughing with, with um, Lori and Donna a little while ago about how you know, I'll dance. You dance like nobody's watching. Um, well, I dance like I hope nobody's watching, you know. <laughs> I'm not having a seizure, you know. I'm okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> dancing. <laughs> You know, play that air guitar, and you know, yeah. you might get a funny look at you from your your pet. You know, like my Otis will might hit my Chihuahua. He he definitely gives me this you know tilted head look, like you know, ma. Um, like it actually helps. You know, it helps, and you know, whatever works for you. And, and if you don't know what works for you, and you know, try it. Just give something a try, and if it's if it's not your you know, your cup of tea um, doesn't work for you, then just move on to something else, you know. But yeah, I like moving. I like dancing, you know, and yeah. I, I do it when, I, when I'm at the stove. Um, basically, I've got to keep busy in the kitchen because if I leave the kitchen, something usually ends up getting burnt. So that's some of the stuff you can do. I want to talk about there's um, a, a little book and I tried to find it. I've got it on my shelf somewhere and I've got things stacked in front of it in the bedroom. So I couldn't quite find it, but it's called embracing the journey. Um, hold on. Excuse me. 
It's called Embracing the Journey, Affirmations for Living Life as a Sexual Abuse Survivor. And it's by a woman called Nancy with the last initial, um, her, the initial for her last name is W. Um, for a long time, she didn't share her last name, but it's Nancy Weidner or Widener. I don't know how it's pronounced, but the little book that I had, you can get it on Amazon now still with, a, with an updated cover. But I had a book that I first got out and it's well-worn, it is well-written in, there's highlighted stuff, there's different dated material and little thoughts, but, but it's, it, it, will fit, it will fit in the back pocket of my jeans. Um, that became my healing Bible. And I never went anywhere without that little book. Um, and you know, it, it helped me daily. So there's, that's cool. there's um, what was the other, about post-it notes, that's what it was. Post-it notes. I used to laugh at people and say, okay, you know, fake it till you make it. You put post-it notes with affirmations, you know, yeah. you, as a survivor. It's not it's like, oh, you're so pretty. You're beautiful. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. I never believed any of that. I look at pictures now from when I was in high school and I'm like, wow, you know, I really was, I was beautiful. I was a beautiful kid, you know. And you still um, are. And <laughs> you still are. Yes when I grew up, when, when he shared the pictures, because my yearbook actually um, got stolen, destroyed somewhere. I was in the middle of a move. Long story on that. That's when I didn't get to go there. Um, and, but he found, you know, those pictures and sent it to me. And I'm like, I cried as I looked at myself back then. And you know what? I was a beautiful kid. I was a beautiful girl, but I never saw that then. I never saw it through my adult years. Um, and, and that's hard for what you can do. And what I did was send somebody that said, you know, put post-it notes, get the little sticky notes, you know, the, the bright yellow, the neon green or the bright pink, put them up on, you know, your mirrors, um, yeah. whether you have mirrors in the bedroom on a, on a dresser or a bureau, um, and on the bathroom, in the bathroom, on the outside of the medicine cabinet, you know, stick them up there in the corners, you know, I am beautiful. I am worthy. I am worthy of love. I am important. Yes. Uh, so many different um, affirmations, you know, uh, and uh, you can also put them inside the cabinets. You're going into the kitchen. You open those cabinets a lot, you know, you can yes. stick them on the fridge, open the cabinets, post a couple in there or one in every cabinet, you know, so every day you're looking at something and you repeat that to yourself. You know, I, I am beautiful. I am important. I matter. I matter. You matter. You know, you, all of you, you matter. Each one of us, we matter. We are important. Right. You know, it, it took me, I would laugh at them. I would look at them and read them to myself. I would read, say them out loud. That's, you got to say it out loud because it just seems to work better. But I'm like, okay, I am beautiful. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm beautiful. <laughs> walk away. Um, eventually, I they finally took hold. They took root within me, and you know it's like I shared this with um, someone who's a, a very special twin of mine. Um, I shared this a little while back, you know, about the post-it notes and this. It's like, like, hey, you know, that's a great idea. You know, I'm like, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, female. It's not, you know, it's for everybody. Guys, mm -hmm. girls, everybody, you know, anybody can do this, you know, affirmations that speak to you, 
um, things that you need to hear that you you may have heard, you know, that you're beautiful growing up. You know, if you had, my mom was amazing, you know, and she always told us that we were beautiful, that, you know, we were loved by her and we knew it, you knew it. But sometimes, you know, a lot of things just don't take hold. And there are things that you longed to hear and never did hear, maybe from a certain parent or from, you know, anyone in your life. And, you know, put those on there, put those affirmations on there. Um, quotes by, Look up quotes by some of your favorite writers or favorite artists or, you know, people that um, speak to your soul and, you know, and do that. And, you know, it may take, I don't know, I know it took me more than like three weeks to a month. It took me a while of seeing those every single day for something to finally start taking hold. But once it did, it was like, awesome. This is awesome. You know, and, and so it was really cool. So that's something really important, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and we're all, we are all deserving of healthy love, healthy relationships. Um, we're all deserving of boundaries. Boundaries is another thing. Yes. Well, our boundaries didn't exist when, when you're, when you're being abused, you don't have boundaries. I mean, you know, you can say that this is my space, but they constantly violate that space. And so we mm -hmm. have to relearn that and we learn that, you know, yes, we're deserving of boundaries and, People need to not cross them. Sometimes I did that was with this, what they call the personal space. You put your hands out. Okay, this is my personal space. This area here, this is my bubble. You don't, you, you don't come in here without an invite from me. And I had someone try to do that once. Actually, they did. Um, I was at someone's house, a, a former hairdresser from years ago, and she'd had some people over. And this dude, I was one of her friends and he just kind of like walked up and he got in my, kind of in my, really, you know, in my space. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa, it's my personal space. And I've had my hands out and I'm thinking, oh, look what you're doing. I am so proud of you, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, proud of myself. Yes. Yeah, so standing up from my personal space and not let somebody come in because they wanted to. It's different right. with the deaf community because we're all about, we're visual and some of my friends are very low vision. So it's like, yeah, we, we're in each other's personal space, but it's, it's, it's different, you know, when, when you're in the hearing world and when you're starting your journey to heal and when you're trying to uh, assert that you have boundaries and mm -hmm. Now, there are you know, many deaf survivors, so it's not like everybody, you know, every one of us is okay with somebody coming up, you know, that close to us. I kind of like, oh, back it up, back it up, you know, but um, <laughs> boundaries setting those boundaries is, you know, mm -hmm. is critical. You know, that's another critical step in healing. Another yeah. book that I found very, very helpful for me was actually the Courage to Heal workbook. I never did get the hardcover, you know, and I've still got stuff that I have. I mean, I've had this thing for years. I've had them. I've had it since I started therapy years ago. But this, this is an incredible book. Um, yeah. Times when I could do just one little exercise and I'd have to put it down and I wouldn't get be able to pick it back up for like three weeks or, you know, three months one time, I think. Um, but that's okay, because it's my pace. I do, you know, you do what you can. Um, sometimes, right. you, depending on where you are in your own journeys, 
Um, you might need to start doing that off with with a therapist, or if you don't have a, a good therapist um, or a therapist at all, I mean, you know, maybe kind of have somebody that you absolutely trust to be with you, or you know, somebody that you can contact because it can be very triggering, you know, depending where you are on your journey. So um, mm -hmm. that's uh, that's all I have at the moment. But uh, Lori or Donna, do you guys have anything that you want to share or add to that? Or Yeah, well, that's great, Lee. And I think it's so important for people. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you want to go, Donna, or do you want me to go? No, go ahead, please. Okay. Well, um, I've used a lot of the same things that Lee was talking about there. Um, journaling was a big thing for me, helped, very helpful. And some of my, my private journals that you know, because I wrote the books, um, the three books that I published. Lee is also a published author. She didn't mention that. <laughs> um, but, you know, some of my stuff went public. I, I, I published it, but some of my private journals, I actually did destroy it because it was um, just didn't feel, I didn't feel it was necessary, you know, to put that stuff out there. Um, I wrote letters to my abusers and I told them everything that I wanted to say about, you know, how, how they, you know, how they made me feel, you know, what they did that hurt me. And it really felt good to be able to say everything that I wanted to say, even though I couldn't be talking to my abusers, you know, right in the same room. Um, it's, it's that imaginary chair thing. And I got the idea out of John Bradshaw's book and John Bradshaw healing the shame that binds you. And then there's the other homecoming, um, uh, loving the wounded child within or something. Both of the John Bradshaw's books, they're very, very helpful. And um, that was a huge part of my healing journey was to be able to get out what I needed to get out and what I needed to, to say, whether anybody heard it or saw it or not. So I agree with Lee on that. Mm. And really, I mean, yeah, uh, any type of, um, you know, artistic expression can be very, very helpful. Painting, drawing. Um, I did try to paint a little bit and um, you know, just sketching, drawing. I'm definitely not a, you know, not, I wouldn't say I'm not a great artist, but it helped me to be able to do these few things that I did do um, because it allowed my inner child to actually be seen and also to do, to draw. Because I was, I was drawing with my non-dominant hand. So, because I'm left-handed, so I was drawing with my right hand, allowing my inner child to actually do, uh, to let her you know, be the one to actually do the drawing. So it's really cool how that works. Um, there's all kinds of tools that you can use if you're a person who struggles, you know, from trauma or, you know, from abuse of any type, you know, with PTSD or anxiety or anything like that. You know, any of these these things that people can, you know, can have. Um, and some of it's not, you know, some of it's not due to abuse, but just, you know, certain things in life causing trauma or anxiety, right? Um, there's all sorts of we can do we just need to find what works for us like lee was saying you know all of us are different and you know we're all different people we all need different things what works for me may not work for lee <laughs> what works for lee may not work for me well you know what worked for donna doesn't work for me you know what i mean There's, we're all different but it's just finding those things that actually do work for you i know for me um in the bulk of my healing journey because i've been on my healing journey for many years now too from child abuse and um I started at the age of 42, but really didn't do any work until 44. 
So I would say uh, 2009 is really when I started. That's a long time ago. And I've done a lot of different things. The affirmations were very important to me at the beginning. Um, Lee was talking about doing this, the post-it notes everywhere. And um, the sticky notes and the, um, that was helpful because I needed to, I needed to, because I never had anybody tell me that I was worthy of even being alive. You know what I mean? Um, except my, my, my husband, he's, you know, he was a good man, but I needed to go back and do all this healing work, you know, that what caused me to feel so, um, like I just wasn't worth anything. I, it, it didn't matter if I lived or died sort of thing. That was whole, my whole life. I felt like that. And so I, did, I started sticking those sticky notes all over the place, like in the bathroom mirror. And when I'd go brush my teeth in the morning, I'd read them, you know, and I'd be like, I am worth it. I do count. I do matter. You know, stuff like this. And I didn't really believe it, but I was doing it anyway. And that actually does work. So it does help. It, it's correct. It does work because it changes the way you think about yourself. Like after I did that for a few months, I was like, I started to develop this thing. Like I am worth it. I do count. I do matter. <laughs> and I really started to believe it. And I'm like, Hey, it's true. You know what I mean? But it just took a little while, you know, for my brain to sort of see myself in a different light. And, you know, mm -hmm. apart from the abuse and, and the trauma that I went through. So, that stuff is very helpful and a lot of people think it's silly, but it actually works and it's really good to do. Um, and, oh, I mean, I, I like music, you know, I've always liked music. So I like, I appreciate listening to music and I especially love strings. So, um, you know, anything, piano, um, violin, you know, symphony orchestra type stuff. But I'm a rock and roll person. I'm <laughs> from the days of you know, heavy metal, rock and roll. So I, I love the guitar. Yeah, yeah, you know. And you know that was my scene, right? Definitely. Um. So, but I love guitar, and I love like flamenco guitar. I love Spanish style guitar. I love listening to people play guitar. Oh, I don't, just any type of guitar, actually. I love the guitar music. So I took up guitar playing um, probably about three and a half years ago. So I'm still working on that. That's been very therapeutic, very helpful, very therapeutic. Because it's helped me to realize that, hey, I can I can learn something. I can still keep doing something. You know, and I mean, I picked up a cheap guitar, let me tell you, because I don't have a lot of money to work with. So I had to buy like the cheapest thing I could get. And I don't even care because it's not about that. It's about no. learning to play it. And it's not about impressing anybody. It's about impressing myself. And I'm like, so, you know, you know, sometimes I, I get busy. I don't have time to do this, the stuff that I want to do. I put it off for a little bit. But what I do is I just keep it handy. And then when I do have time, I pick it back up and I get started again. And it's just so much fun because I was told in high school that I should uh, give up music. I, I actually took a piano class in, um, in uh, I think it was like the 11th, 10th grade or something. And the teacher was like, you just don't get it. I don't know, you're not musically inclined. And I, from that point on, felt that I could never learn how to play a musical instrument because I had never tried, my parents never encouraged this. Um, you know, I just felt like I wasn't gonna ever be able to really play, even though I bought a guitar when I was young and tried to play it. I felt really that I wasn't gonna be able to do it. And so this has been proof positive for me that I can learn it, I can learn to read music. And it's it's been wonderful. So these little things, whatever works for you to help you to feel better, um, you know, 
some some people like to read. You know, I find yeah. readings very nice. I like to read. And um, so, yeah, I mean, or going for a walk, you know, taking a walk. Like I know, you know, Donna likes to get out in the nature, get out her in, in, in her photography and, you know, yes. taking pictures in nature, that kind of thing. That can be very therapeutic. Yes. And, um, so it's these little things, you know, and it doesn't have to be an expensive camera, <laughs> just your phone, you know, or whatever. Um, it's not about that. It's about just experiencing things that help you feel better, whatever yeah. it is. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, and it it can really, it's almost, it's like a shot of medicine. It's yes. not pills, yes. it's not drugs, but it's something that does make you feel better. So these things can help people, you know, to get through some hard times and to cope. I know um, Lee was also talk, gonna talk about having a, um, uh, a- uh, was awesome, it's, it's, you know, like it's a big yeah. Yeah. Okay, she was going to talk about having a support system. Yes. Yes. I'm just typing to it right now. <laughs> I've been typing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, having a support system is, is critical to, you know, our healing journeys. And if we don't have the support, you know, mm -hmm. Some some will give up. I mean, you've got to have somebody supporting in your life. And it, unfortunately for many survivors, it, it's not family that supports you. You'll have a friend who is probably, I've got friends who are like family and friends that I've known literally um, for decades that I consider family. And having that support system, that network of people you can reach out to, <clears throat> excuse me, to connect with, is so very very important and it you know, is it really is people say well you know i don't have a lot of friends or i don't know a lot of people and it's not about how many people that you have no. on that support network it's the quality no. of those people it's the quality of support those um exactly people can provide to you yeah what i learned long ago was like take a list you write it write down on a piece of paper you know, the people that, that you come into um, regular contact with, that you have regular interactions with. Sometimes they're just friends and acquaintances and some are family members, but put their names down, you know, first names. It doesn't have to be a full name. It can be nicknames. I mean, this is your list. You write it down the way you want to. Um, and, you know, you can put you know, whoever is on that list, you know, from anywhere from your doctor to, you know, a neighbor to, someone you may go to church with or somebody you may work with, a coworker, um, put their names down and then go back on that list. It's like, okay, all these people, I have regular interactions at some point um, with. So put a check mark next to those who you feel will support you or who do support you on your journey, on your healing and what you're having to go do to heal um, the therapy or you just need somebody to listen, um, mm -hmm. put a check mark next to their name. And once you get through doing that, go back to those that you put the check mark next to and think about each of those people and how well do they support you? Will they support you when, you know, you need to call somebody at 2 a.m.? You know, I mean, I'm like, 
I'm one of those that's like giving out my number to certain people, you know, people who are new in sobriety um, that, that, that need to reach out. And it's like you say, we say, hey, I give you my number. It's like, don't worry about bothering me. Don't worry about waking me up. Mm-hmm. You know, just just call me, message, well, message me. Um, the phone will flash. I'll wake up and just keep just keep texting me, you know, until I wake up enough to, to have a, you know, a coherent conversation. <laughs> Just keep talking. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I give my number out to certain people like that, to certain survivors or to those new in sobriety, because we really do need to reach out. You know, some people say, well, you can call me anytime. You call me anytime. And you do. And I've done that with one person that's like I I was dealing with, you know, the miscarriage of one of my grandchildren, you know, mm-hmm. many years ago. And it's like. And I really, I was devastated. I needed somebody to connect with. And they're like, well, I'm, I'm having, you know, I'm hanging out with so-and-so. I'd start spending some time with my my fiance, boyfriend, whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm thinking, you gave me my number. You gave me your number, told me to contact you. And um, That's sad. Well, I, got, I got dismissed. I got dismissed. I was devastated to begin mm-hmm. with. And to hear that, it was like, you know, and I'm like, it's hurtful. Leave this, you know, and I just, it, it wasn't a good, not being a friend. it wasn't a good time. It, no. If um, you tell somebody to call you anytime, you better it's, it. it's, <laughs> you, know, you call me, you need somebody in the middle of the night. You're having a crisis. You, you, you're thinking about taking your life. You're thinking about taking a drink. Um, and you need, yeah. or, you know, you, you need somebody to connect with, you know, that's what I'm here for. Um, but it's really, really hard. And those kind of people you don't find too often. They're rare, you know, and I know that I can contact either one of, you know, my besties here, my sister advocates, my best friends. Um, I can contact Lori anytime. I can contact Donna anytime, you know, if I need, if I just, sometimes we just need to vent. We need somebody just to, to listen, just to be there. And, but we need somebody to be there without judgment and say, well, you know, it'll be okay. Fine. You know, just, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. You'll, you know, um, stop crying, stop crying, stop, you know, howling or whatever, you know, stop feeling your feelings, but we need somebody that's not going to do all that to us. We need somebody that's there to listen, but you go back and and you think about these people. Now I've got, I do have, you know, my son is, is, is a big, you know, one of my big supporters. He supports me, but there are parts of my journey that, you know, he just could not understand. Um, he couldn't even begin to understand. So, yeah. you know, I couldn't circle that check mark, you know, for him there. He's there for me, but on a deeper level, I needed, you know, certain other people. I needed their support and their mm-hmm. understanding. And, you know, so I just had very few people that were circled there. Um, but that's okay because it's the quality, again, yes. that, that counts, yeah. it matters. And, that's and right. another thing is a um, a crisis list. A, you know, when you're you're in crisis mode, you're having a panic attack, you're having an anxiety, um, or you've been triggered by something, you know, and you're having flashbacks. You need to reach out to somebody. Um, that's really important to have this have this list made ahead of time. Just write down, you know, some things to do in a crisis. And mm-hmm. you know, the first thing for me, you know, it's like was Okay, if you've got a counselor or a therapist, you know, put their name there, calls, 
call counselor, call, you know, for me, it was at that point, call Sandy. Um, and then while I'm waiting for a call, you know, the next thing on the list was, hey, I, and this is perfectly, perfectly acceptable. If you've got a stuffed animal, I don't care how old you are. You can be 95 years old. If you've got a stuffed <laughs> animal that helps you relax okay, and is comforting, you grab yeah. that baby. You grab That's that right. stuffed animal and you, you hold it Whatever close. Whatever it takes. Um, I had another advocate, actually someone who is it has headed, you know, an, an agency. Um it tell me that's like, you know, when I said something about the stuffed animal, they were like, you're kidding me. And I'm like, you know what? That's not, you know, and, and you're an advocate. You're, you're somebody that's, you know, trying to lead others. You know, it was just, it was very upsetting, but it Sad. didn't deter me. And it was something that I, it's something I continue to share, you know, for a long time, I didn't understand why I was sleeping with a stuffed, you know, I was like, I had to sleep with a stuffed animal. I had to have something to hold. The pillow didn't, the pillow didn't help, you know, mm -hmm. but that, that goes back to me being a survivor and being a twin, being born without my twin, you know, otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that's another time, but the crisis list, let me get back to that. You go down the list and um, I mean, it's okay. You get your stuffed animal. You got a stuffy, you need a stuffy, you grab that stuffy, wait, you got still waiting for that phone call. Um, for me, it was, again, I had Chihuahua. So it was like I was petting the fur off my dog, just petting and petting and petting and petting, um, you know, and, you know, that, that kept me going too. But then there were other things. It's like, okay, still waiting on the call. Dogs, <laughs> dog is there, but he needs a little break. Um, I would just, I would get the next name on the list. And at one point on my list was um, a girl I was going to college with. And my son was in high school at the time. So I was, you know, I was a single mom back in, I was back in school. I was in college. And Debbie said that I could call her. Um, I happened to call her phone because I was being triggered badly um, by something that had happened. And I, I couldn't understand why I was being triggered, but I was being triggered. And so I called her. I didn't get her because she was out, but she had, you know, she had the voicemail on. And so that was comforting. I left a message um, and going through some difficult spots there. I was, I don't remember a lot of the 18 months I spent in college because I dissociated a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And she could tell my, my voice and my speech and everything was very different. It was very different when I called her because I was, I was starting to dissociate at that point. I was triggered so badly, but reaching out and she, and she called me back as soon as, you know, as soon as she got the message, you just keep putting, putting these little lists of things to do for some people. Um, scented candles will calm them down. You know, um, lavender mm -hmm. is fantastic for relaxation. I like lavender yeah. essential oils, a little bit of that, um, put for me, I put it like on the back of my neck a little bit. I put it, dab it just a little behind my ears and on the, 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 the pulse points here. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can also put, um, if you're really having trouble relaxing a little bit of, um, essential oil, lavender essential oil massaged into the soles of your feet, you know, that mm -hmm. will help relax. That will, that sometimes helped me sleep when I couldn't sleep at all. Um, but that's another thing, you know, the essential oils, the candles. Um, sometimes it's, yeah. you know, just taking a walk outside. You've got to get out and just breathe some fresh air. 
nature is an amazing, it's a powerful healer, you know, put me in the middle of all, you know, put me, put me with the animals, you know, in nature and the beach and I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, lighting sage and meditating um, the white sage and, and doing some meditations that helps me as well. You know, it's like, so for each of us that that list may be drastically different. You know, Lori, you were talking about, I want to say another, I've got to mention another book before, you know, before I forget it, before it goes whoosh out there. Um, and the book that actually this particular friend in college had, had given me was a book by John Bradshaw, um, Homecoming, mm -hmm. Reclaiming and Championing Your Inner Child. And yeah. I've got that in my yeah, I've got that on my bookshelf too. That's an incredible book, you know. That was a a big tool, uh, a big helpful tool in my on my journey in my my kit. So there, yeah. they're just this crisis list is important, you know. If you don't have one now, um, take the time to make one. You know, it doesn't. You don't have to list a whole bunch of things. Just you know, maybe list five. Five to ten items, five to ten things that you can do. And when you get to the bottom of the list, if you're still waiting a call, if you're still having trouble, go back to the top of the list and, and continue to go back down. Um, but always reach out because there's there's somebody out there, you know, waiting to to grab your hand when you reach out. Um, we're That's all, right. you know, we need to support each other. Um, so. But that, that list is very important. And like I said, and if you don't have one yet, um, take the time to make one because it's really important. It so is. Those books are, are really important. That helped me, you know, on the journey. The Courage to Heal Workbook, the John Bradshaw Homecoming, and and especially the um, the book by Nancy W. That, that was just tremendous for me. I never went anywhere without that for years. I mean, I'm talking, you know, at least a, at least a decade. That thing, that thing went in my bag. It went in my pocket, and and it's 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 a book that is very very small. It could fit into the back jean pocket, you know, if you're wearing mm -hmm. denim. So that was incredibly helpful. That's awesome. It it is it is, Lori. She was saying about like the circle, you know, and I you know me, my circle is very very small. <laughs> Um, anyone I know and I really love and care about, I have a nickname for them. You know, I have several nicknames like for you and Lee and other yeah. people, <laughs> but I know That's like, nice. I, <laughs> I, I just feel like if I really care about somebody and I really love somebody, I always give them like this little nickname that means a lot to me. It, it, it makes me feel better. And it also lets them know that I really care about them. But I know what she means when she's saying like, you just need someone to vent because how many times have I had a really bad day and I talked to you or I talked to Lee and then by the time I'm done, I feel 110% better. Very small. Very yeah. small. <laughs> very small. Yeah. It's hard to trust. It's, you know, I still yeah. trust issues too. So I yeah. don't trust people very easily. People have to kind of um, earn their trust with me, but I've been burnt a few times. So my trust isn't real good with people, but um, it's one big, hard. Yeah, it, you know, it is really hard because like I was originally one of those people that I trusted people. I believed in people, but then people's not like 
me. You know, like they yeah. don't really tr trust and they don't really love back and they don't really care. A lot of people have that little hidden agenda and, mm -hmm. and that was hard. And then when I learned it, it was like too late because like I was already 10 years into a friendship. But one thing come out of it great was I learned a big lesson. And I think I appreciate my smaller circle more now than I ever did before. But for me, if I'm like I said, if I'm having a really bad day or things are bothering me, I usually grab my camera. I go out. I go for a walk. Um, I have a special spot that I love and it has water near it. I go and I sit by the water. I watch the waterfall. I photograph. I do things like that to really relax. Yeah, and it's, me too. Yeah. It's, and that is helpful. Mm -hmm. it, it is because it's like it, it it's comforting almost, you know, and it's soothing and it just it, it relaxes me. So that's just something that I really, really like. But um, it, it's it, it's really hard, like I said, sometimes um, to trust. So mm -hmm. I always try to reach out to the people that really mean the most to me. And like I said, there's just a very small few of you. But. You know, at the end of the day, by the time that like if I'm having a bad moment or I'm having a hard time, by the time I'm done talking to you guys, I always feel better. So it's like, yeah, you know, me too. Because it, it, it <laughs> I and, do the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it, it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> like, like you just at that moment, you think, you know, there's no getting through the next five minutes. And really, there is. And it's great to have someone there for you, you know, to see you through. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what we're, that's, I mean, that's what we were saying, you know, it doesn't have to be a big list of people for your contact list. It's, it's not the qual, it's not the quantity that matters. It's the quality. So you could have one good friend, two good friends, whatever you could have three or four good friends, but it's, but those would be the ones that would actually be there for you at two o'clock in the morning if you need yes. to talk. Yes. And that's where, you know, it's so important to have somebody like that in your life. You know, it's, it really yes. is. And they're hard to find. Um, they're very find hard to find. <laughs> they are. And you thought a lot of times, like I like that post that um, you posted earlier on Facebook for Advocates United for Humanity. And it was the one that says, you know, um, you know, lots of people will say that they'll, that they'll be there for you. Right? And that they're, they'll be there to listen to you and, and, and they'll be there for you. But, but how many of them actually are? They're not. You, know, you, you know, yeah. Out of a hundred people, if you're sitting there in a in a room with a hundred people, you can rest assured that only one or two of those people that you are truly impacted by are going to be there for you. The other ones, yeah. some people throw around the word friendship very easy. I don't. Mm -hmm. Like, I really don't like you really have to mean something to me for me to call you a friend. And honestly, once you get to get to a certain point with me, you're no longer a friend, you're family. So, you know, yeah. I, like I said, I, I don't trust people very much. Um, but, you know, Lori, in a lot of work we do, it's hard to trust people. <laughs> you know, you to, they really you understand the meaning Absolutely. of the word because yeah. it's, you know, <clears throat> And they are, it's really hard to find, and it's really hard to find those people that will always be there for you um, mm -hmm. on the days that you're, you know, having an amazing day and, and days when you are 
Moody. No, we're we're moody with the big B. Yeah, no, I'm not not pleasant, but it's like in there, done that. I can vent to these two, and sometimes it's like we can vent to each other and share, and it's like, well, okay, you know. And just just let them chew away, you know. Let me chew away, and and then okay, you know. And but we tell it like it is with each other, you know. It's like, yes. and yes. you know, which is yeah. how I I prefer it. It's like I, I don't candy coat anything, you know. Right. I'll tell you, you know. It's like I'm not going to tell you, you know, in a mean way, or, yeah. and you know, but, but honesty. I'm going to tell you how it is, and this is what I think, and this is what I'm seeing, what I'm sensing. I may be wrong. Um, and that's another thing. It's like I, I own my stuff, man. I own my stuff. Oh, if, I'm, if I'm unpleasant or moody, <laughs> I will own it. Really going, oh, yeah, yeah, I was having a bad day. You know, this set me off, yeah. that set me off, or I don't know what set me off. Or, oh, my God, that's why I had an incoming migraine. You know, yeah. I, I get really, really um, moody. <laughs> um, snap and everything. I'm worse than a snapping turtle. It's like, you know, I get cranky, um, which took me a long time be to that, cover, you know, you know but, but okay. So, but, but to have those friends that you can do that with, you know, it's really important. And like, I, you know, like Donna said, small bubble, small circle. Absolutely. Because those are the people, you know, you can trust. Exactly. You know, you've got people, you know, on the outside there, it's like, yeah, hi, how you doing? But I'm not sharing anything with you. Kind of, you know, we say hello in passing, you know, casual conversation. But, you know, it's really, I've never, you know, I've had friendships in my life, sort of friendships, you know, and are, they're almost, I don't know, but not really a friend friend, you know, um, somebody that I can, tell the things to that I've told you guys, you know, and shared with you and know that, you know, it's not going to be going everywhere, you know, we yeah. can share and we can uplift each other. Um, good days, bad days, days in between, we're there for each other. And yeah. I so appreciate having that in my life, having you guys in my life and um, to have, have somebody in my life like that. You know, I, I met someone years ago who, I still consider her, you know, her and her husband my friend, her name Candy, Candy and Dennis. They lived down um, in West Central Florida area. Um, even though we haven't talked in over a decade since I moved here, you know, because of communication issues. Um, but there, that's other than my friendships with you guys. Um, that's my only other long-running friendship. I'm sorry, I take that back. Because I have a friendship with, with my friend, um, a friend of mine who's very sick right now, um, but we've known each other for decades. So, you know, I do have a couple of those friends that are long term, but mostly, you know, I I try not to form them because I've shared information with somebody and they turned around and used it against me, you know, yeah, you know, with, with other people and turned it against me. And I'm like, you know what, you know, I just I lost trust again at that point, And that was in 2006. You know, just That's after hard. I came up here. So you know, trying to rebuild trust with people after that, it's just, it's a really difficult thing for us to do as survivors. Some of us never trust again. No. Um, and yeah, trust issues. It's for me, huge. To trust somebody completely. Um, I have got 
fingers left over on, on, you know, one hand from the people that I can trust completely and tell everything to, you know, and so I can do that with you guys. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. You know, another thing I forgot, I forgot to mention back when we we're talking about the, the different, you know, art forms and, and things do you can do to heal like sketch and draw and paint. Um, I love bubbles and sidewalk chalk. And I do. Um, so I, I get, you know, and I've got some outside, and you know, the kids that used to live next door to me ended up moving, getting their own place. But their kids would come over and draw, you know, and we'd draw together on my, on my porch and on my driveway. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not home. This is the box. It's the box of fun. You just, as long as Mama said or Daddy says okay, um, you can get in there and you can play, pull out the dog, draw away. <laughs> And then put it back when you're done. And they did that. That's fun. <laughs> Bubbles. I love to break up the 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 tension sometimes at at stoplights. You know, when you get stoplights, because I try to keep little thing of bubbles in the car. <laughs> Roll down my window a little bit, or you know, right now it's like push the button. It's electronic. <clears throat> but you know, we're stoplights. It's hot. Everybody's cranky kind of day. And I'll get out the bubbles, and I'll just blow blow a few you know, rounds of bubbles and then watch people's head turn, watch the smiles and the laughter happen, you know, and it's just the coolest thing, you know, and I, do that with, I just, you know, do the bubbles outside with the kids too, you know, That's awesome. so it's, it's yeah. just, it's a way of relaxing. It's a way of having fun. It's a way of just, you know, melting away the stress because you can't help but giggle. You just can't, you know, you can't help but smile. Um, mm -hmm. And then watch the kids chase the bubbles, you know, it's, it's just fun. It's really fun. So those are a couple of other um, ways that I personally like to de-stress. And being out in nature is a big thing. Awesome. If I live less than a 45-minute ride to the nearest beach, um, I would get up and just go, you know, as long as I can get my feet in the water sometimes. Even if I yeah. just get my feet in the water, I'm in the ocean. And it's like... Oh, wow. You know, big relief. it's, it, it's a, it's a grounding thing for me. You know, mm -hmm. the same thing with being in nature and photography, you know, another one, we love, we love photography and just taking uh -huh. pictures of, of what's out there in nature, whether it be, you know, an, an animal, a bird that we see on a perch or, you know, on a tree or, you know, whether the little pine cones that we find, you know, but it's really cool, you know, uh -huh. because, it's it's something that is that has got your attention and somebody's gonna like it. I love it. If as long as you love what you're doing and it relaxes you, you know, that's the most important thing. Exactly. I, I had a friend who laughed at me years ago and it's like, you take pictures of everything. You just take random pictures, don't you? And I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> you know, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know, put the camera sure out. I've worn out a lot of digital cameras. I've worn out, you know, some some Times the pictures don't come through really well on the cell phone. Um, but so I'm working my way to get a, a decent camera that I can take better pictures with because, you know, I would like to, you know, have some more professional photos uh, of nature and wildlife and to be mm -hmm. able to, you know, there are people that are interested in buying those. You know, oh, I love that. I love that. You know, where can I, can I get a copy? Are you selling them? You know, and I know that. Yeah. People have asked you about that, you know, as well as some of those gorgeous, you know, photos you've taken. 
kind of the people, you know, have inquired about, are you selling them? You know, will you yeah. sell them? <laughs> you know, I would buy yeah. that, you know, That's uh, they're cool. just beautiful, you know, and whether we choose to sell them or not, or make them, you know, print them and make them available to, to people who, who would like to have our, our pictures for their walls. It's something we're doing for ourselves, for our own yeah. enjoyment, for our own relaxation. <laughs> And that's what's yeah. most important, you know, that is. Absolutely. Well, a lot of those pictures you've taken, Donna, and the pictures you've taken, um, Lori, on, um, you know, around Calgary and around yeah. town, that is pretty fascinating, you know, to see, you know, the area yeah. up there. Because it's a beautiful place, too. It it's nice to. Beautiful areas up there. And, yeah. and in the wilds where you are, you know, Donna, it's like, Wow, you know, I love those lake pictures. The pictures of the lake are just so soothing. They're so, so calming. Uh, yeah. It's kind of easy for me because I live in nature. I mean, you walk yeah. out my door, I have water on three sides of me. Awesome. <laughs> you know, we, we live in the mountains. It, it, it's gorgeous here. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of nature. <laughs> so when people say, well, you know, like, what what inspires you it's like if i walk outside i'm inspired because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's 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 gorgeous here absolutely and it doesn't matter what time of year it is it is gorgeous mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's yeah. every time i see pictures of you down at the dock at that yeah at the, at the it's lake, awesome I to have nature out your back door you know Sorry, I mean I don't. I just, it's it's one to, to, to see the wildlife like, and the little critters that I you do. I want to be there at the lake. <laughs> <laughs> it's gorgeous there. That's my favorite place. It just looks so peaceful, and um, you know, it's. I'm right in the middle of a big city, so when I see that picture, I'm like, I'm an oh, ocean baby. I want to go there. Moving um, along, the ocean the for me. It's, the, it's just know, a different the thing. Constant movement. Yeah. Um, it's just nice to have something to do, like we said. It doesn't have to be expensive, you know. Um, no. These no. things, you know, they, any any little thing that just helps you to feel better, you know, yeah. like help you to cope and. A lot of yeah. people will say, you know, what do, what do you get out of photography? And it's like, I go for a walk and, and wherever, whether I go down to the river, I go to the lake, I go to the pond, or I go in, in the mountains or on a trail or a hike. I mean, it, it's gorgeous. So who would not want to surround themselves with that, number one? And I take, likely, I take random pictures of everything. But, Lori, I've captured some great shots. So to me, it's like, I, I love it. I know the Kenzu Bridge. I, I photographed every aspect of that bridge. I've had so many people contact me and say, you know, I want to buy your pictures. I want to do this. I want to do that. And like I did it for fun, relaxation. <laughs> I didn't do it for any reason. I did yeah. it because it was relaxing to me. And we take little day trips and, you know, we go for the day or we'll go for a weekend. And it's just, it's relaxing. It To me, it's part of my self-care routine that I get to go outside. I go for a walk. I enjoy life. That's right. It's so important. It is. And especially with this crazy, yes. you know, yeah. world situation. With capture COVID. those memories, you know. Yes. You know, we have to find something to help keep us sane. You know what I mean? We and do. Yeah, because things are stressful right now with COVID-19. People are stressed out to the max all around the world. It's kind of like, you know, whatever helps you to just keep keep grounded, you know, keep that 
um, keep your sanity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's keeping a routine a lot of times. Keeping a routine is really important. That's what I've tried to do because, you know, it's just me. I don't have anybody telling me when to get up and, you know, that I have to do this or I have to do that. So, I, I, you know, way back, I've been off since December 2019 and laid off my job. So then I was off the whole year of 2020 for COVID-19. And then now it's April 2021. And I'm like, 16 months, I've been like, oh, my God. So I just decided, you know, I need to keep a routine and I need to get up in the morning. And I still have days where I relax and don't do much because there's not much going on. Um, but I just decided, okay, gotta, I got to do regular life, even though yes. this isn't regular life. Um, you know, I need to actually just sort of fake it, pretend that it's regular life and just keep going. So, I mean, yeah, I got up and I did my studies that I would normally do in the morning. I did my guitar practice when I felt good enough to do it. I'd take the trash out, you know, it's like, okay, I got to do some cleaning or whatever. You know, it's just these little things to keep a routine, um, but also making time for ourselves and for, yeah. you know, like Donna likes, you know, getting out in nature and, you know, we, you know, we all have our list of things that we like to do, but to help us to feel better so whatever your list is you know it's you know we do have to get things done you know and, and <clears> all that and just regular life but there but then we can take the time to do these little things that make us feel better and you know just bring us some peace in a situation that's not so great right now with this COVID-19 you know um it's just really important and reach out to people around you that's my, I think that's what I always make a point to tell people is reach out, you know, and because I know when I was suffering on my own till the age of 42 and I, I just thought that, you know, I couldn't do it. I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But when I started to reach out to people, all these hands came back to me and they were like, you can do this, you know? So that's why I always encourage people, you know, reach out. There's, there's just, there's support groups out there for just about every situation you can think of. <laughs> yeah, there are yeah. because people are reaching out and they're like, "Hey, I don't have to do this alone." No, I, you know, I don't. I'm not alone. It's wonderful to know that you're not alone. No, and that people, the, yeah. A lot of the volunteer work we do, we actually, you know, that's part of the program. We'll even tell the younger kids that we work with that. You know, we're here for them. We're a safe voice. They can trust us. Um, Lee was saying earlier about, um, you know, like a everyone has this space, like don't get in my space, but we actually do a program with the kids. It's called the circle of trust. And it's basically, you know, it's teaching them that if you don't feel comfortable letting someone in, and I always tell them, put your arms out like this around, you know, like in front of you. And if you don't feel comfortable with someone invading that space, then don't let, you know, don't let them. And we actually did a whole campaign on that. Mm -hmm. And the kids really liked it. They found it helpful. When we went around to the schools, the schools loved it because they're like, so many people get like right up in people's faces. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to teach kids that there are healthy boundaries and it, yeah. no one has the right to invade your space. And Lee is a hugger and I'm not. And I have a lot of people, they'll come up and they'll like want to hug me or whatever. And, and I'm always like, back up. <laughs> You know, it's like, um, you know, I, I'm not a hugger and some people find that, you know, like odd, like they'll just meet people and they'll hug. And it's like, I'm not that person. I don't just go up and just hug somebody, <laughs> you know, and 
but again, it, it's boundaries and everyone has like their own personal space and their own boundaries. And, and I think that's really important that it is. people know that there is boundaries, you know, because too many people mm -hmm. that we know are so easy to cross boundaries, whether mm -hmm. it's friendships, relationships, whatever, they're eager just to, to cross boundaries. And it's like, no, I, I set boundaries in my personal life. I set boundaries with friends and family and they do, they do cross them. And, you yeah. know, it's, I'm such a hugger. My mom, my <laughs> just mom said was that. a hugger. Big, big hug. It's like, oh, come here. You, know, you get hugs, you get hugs, you know, that, that you can melt in. And those are the kind of hugs they give. Those, what a friend of mine calls mama hugs. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, come here. You need a hug? Come here. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Um, That's it, what I need. I miss, I miss the, the not <laughs> hugging. I'm hugging. Yeah, as much as, you know, <laughs> we're huggers in the deaf community it's not all deaf are, are are comfortable with hugs and it took me a long time to even as a survivor it's like it's something i really didn't um do until i mean for for oh goodness um time wise i can't tell you but it took me a long time to realize okay you know it's like not everybody's a hugger not everybody likes to be hugged People may have issues, you know, I mean, due from their own traumas or, or whatnot, or maybe they grew up in a family that were not huggers. They were not affectionate. Um, yeah. I learned some things about my father's parents that, that were just like that, you know, it's like they were not affectionate people with their children. You know, um, one of my, my uncles, one of his brother's wives, um, my uncle, um, Uncle Rusty, his wife Bonnie said, um, she's, you know, I thought it was odd when 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 Russ and I would go to uh, visit the folks and he would shake hands with his mother. And I'm thinking that's really odd, but that answers a lot that for me as far as to why my you know, my father was not a very affectionate person, you know, with the kids, unless of course he was doing something which was really, I mean, it's not it's not funny to us as children for, you know, to have a parent grab a hold of you, hold you on their lap and let one loose. And I'm talking about ripping a fart. And because <laughs> I mean, they were really stinky. It was like, and he would hold you and it's like, you're choking to death. And That's bad. You know, I considered that that was not being funny. It was not, you know, playtime, but he would also grab like this and grab the toes and he would pull the toe until it popped Ooh. and you want to talk hot huh? and he'd be laughing because he thought that was amusing too. And I'm like, you know, this is not funny. You know, yeah. they were yeah. just kind of traumatic actually. Yeah. Just, you know, anyway, off of that. Yeah. He did. There were no boundaries, no boundaries growing up for me. And it's like, and then you get to be an adult and you got to set boundaries. you got to learn that you can set them and they, and you can tell people, but they it's need okay. to be respected. And, you know, and I've learned, okay, do you need a hug? Can I hug you? You know, um, I know you're not a big hugger, but can I offer you a hug right now? Is that okay? You know, yeah. and, um, you know, I did this, someone, you know, not long ago who went through a traumatic experience and, you know, and told her, it's like, you know, I know you're not a hugger, um, but I'd like to give you a hug right now if that's okay with you, you know. And and that was because you know, this person is not a hugger, not not a real big hugger. Their their whole family is like that too. Well, yeah. see, I am though. 
ask and say, I'd really like to give you a hug. You know, can I offer you a hug? Are you okay with that? You know, it's about, it all comes down to consent. Mm -hmm. consent. Well, and for does. some kids too, it's like you grow up with, you grow up with, uh, you know, with, with the relative of the grandmother or with the great aunt who all wants to come up and yee and, and give you a kiss <laughs> on the cheeks or, or, oh yeah, but you, you no, I'm not, I don't, you know, the kid says, no, I don't, I don't want that. Don't like that. I don't like it when she does this. And they're like, oh, that's your grandma. Go ahead. Go ahead. You need to give her a hug. You need no. to let her, you know, no, you know, no. if the kid doesn't like it, if they're uncomfortable, um, they need to be able to say so. And they need to be able right. to have that respected as a child. Right. I mean, you don't know. It's like, they don't want to be hugged. That's fine. You know, I mean, I know kids will go through phases of not wanting right. to be hugged or, oh, don't kiss me, mom, you'll embarrass me. Don't let so-and-so, my friends can't see you do this, you know, <laughs> when they get to be teenagers and it's like, you know, mm -hmm. don't, don't hug me, you know, when you're dropping me off at school, don't, don't hug me, don't give me a kiss, you know, you'll embarrass me, you know, it's like, dude, you know, it breaks my heart, but it's like, okay, that's what you want. I respect that, you know, it's absolutely okay. Um it's it's all about respecting someone's boundaries, respecting the children's boundaries, respecting each other's boundaries. Um, yeah. And people need to understand that no means no. Yes. You know, and kids have a right to get upset, you know, about different things. They have emotions, they have feelings. And it's like, okay, you're angry. You know, stop being so angry. Stop crying. Stop doing this. But you're stifling the child's feelings, their emotions, their ability to express what's going on inside them. You know, my mom, my mom told us, you know, you get mad, you get mad at me, fine. You can take the tennis racket, you go up and you beat the heck out of your bed, smack your pillow with it, you know. Um, did that a lot, <laughs> you know. You get mad, you go take the <laughs> tennis racket, and that's what it's for. You beat the heck out of your pillow or your bed, get it out of you, you know. Express, feel what you've got to feel, and, and work through it. Um, but there are a lot of, you know, a lot of parents out there that that don't allow the kids to express their emotions and you know that ends up you know being that's right un very unhealthy and you know they end up with a lot of confusion regarding emotions feelings um and it also if you hold back what you're feeling if you if you're not allowed to express what's going on you can actually get yourself physically sick physically oh, yeah. ill you know if you try to hold that in it's hard. It's damaging. Absolutely. It is. That's it really is. You got to be allowed to express. You've got to be allowed to say no. Um, yeah. You're angry. Okay. I get that. I understand. You have a right to be angry. You know, it's not a right to turn around and disrespect a parent or disrespect mm -hmm. an adult, but they need to, have, they need to know that, that what they're feeling is valid. It's normal. Mm -hmm. It's natural. You're angry. Okay. That's, or, you know, you want to feel it, you're ready, you want to talk about it. There's something you need to work out, something you need to share with me. Are you mad at me? Did I do something that upset you? You know, and, and not be judgmental and not be, you know, you're going to get in trouble if you tell me, you know, that that um, you're mad at me. You can't tell me that you're mad at me um, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. It's. I always told my kids there's I, nothing you know, to I, talk about. I was lucky. I was blessed, you know, with my mom and with my son. We we had that same kind of relationship. So I'm grateful for that and heartbroken for those who did not have that blessing, you know, of any of that in their yeah. lives. 
No, that was me. <laughs> I was allowed to have any feelings. That's and, sad. Um, it That's is, and I, boring. you know, I, it really caused a lot of problems for me um, because I wasn't able to feel what I needed to feel, and then later on, I had a hard time with it um, because I had stuffed stuffed it for so long. Yeah. So I always told my kids, you know, they could tell me anything and they, and they did. And they, to this day, they still do. We have a very open relationship communication wise, but you know, I always thought it was better for them to tell me so that I could help them rather than, you know, try to tell them what they should feel or how they should feel. But back to the mm -hmm. hugging thing, I know I'm not a big hugger with people like I don't know or whatever, but as far oh, as yeah. like hugging, when it comes to like my family, I don't leave my mom and dads or my sisters or my brothers without giving them a hug and telling them I love them. And my children and my grandchildren, when we're together and we separate, each one of them will give each other a hug. We'll say we love them. We're yeah. very, we're a tight knit family, very close. I mean, family's everything to me. I would do anything for my family. I mean, there, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do for them. They are my everything. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, and they are. It, it's weird because like I look at different families and people put their kids last and it's like, what do you, you know, like it's what they want, not what the kid, what the kid wants or what the kid needs. And I'm seeing her and I'm shaking my head and I'm thinking I would do anything for my kids. I mean, my kids actually now tell me that I do too much, <laughs> especially when it comes to grandchildren. <laughs> and I find myself in a bit of trouble sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I do. But, um, but I don't understand how people can, you know, like tell their kids no, or it's all about them, but That's I just they're for to spoil them. I know, I know, but no, you know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say no when it comes to them. <laughs> yeah. You and they, Lee are awesome grandmas. Yeah. They they could be like ice skating on the kitchen floor mm -hmm. in flour. And I would say that it was matter of fact, my daughter sent me a meme a meme the other day, and it was a little boy and he had socks on and he was like ice skating through flour on the kitchen floor. And it said <laughs> I asked grandma and she said it was okay. And the, you know, and the parrots were kind of upset or whatever. And she's like, this is so you. And I'm like, I, I love them so much. There's nothing I wouldn't do for them or I wouldn't give them. <laughs> and I'm like, it cleans up, you know? Yeah. And I said, well, what's, what's, what would it hurt really? You know, or we were never allowed to jump on the furniture or we were never allowed to do that. And I'm like, it's furniture, get real, you know? And it's like, Okay, maybe back then I didn't let my kids, but the grandchildren, they do what they want. <laughs> <laughs> grandkids get to do whatever they want. Exactly. Um, that's awesome. It, well, this is great. And this is the thing, right? It's, it's, my mom was like that, too. Healthy <laughs> relationships and families. That's awesome. You know, it's so important. Because you're right, family is I was going to say, at the end of the day, if it isn't for family, and just like you and Lee, I don't really consider you friends. I consider you family. So when I say family, yeah. everything, I mean, it, it's all in a oh. ball. It's it's all one. And, you know, a lot of people, like I said, they, they don't. Or they always say, you know, there, there's time. There's time. You know, time's limited. None of us know how much time we have here left or how long we're going to be around or you know, if we're going to be able to even continue to do things or, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, so to me, I'm like, I'm the live for today person, you know, let's make today the best day ever. Let's get done what we can get done, you know, and 
like I said, when it comes to family and friends, it's like they're my everything. It's so important because without them, what's life? It's yeah, I mean, you know, it really I, is like you can have all the money in the world, you can have the nicest house, the nicest car, whatever. But if you don't have someone to love and share it with, what good is it to you? Yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Love your car or love your house or lo love your house and your car will not love you back. You know. I mean, to me, it's like their possessions, and nothing competes with family. That's right. Well, it's family just, is everything. It's so important. It's not, like some like I don't yeah. you know. One thing, family, my mom. Gone. Like you guys are my family. And without you, I have like nobody. I'm serious. Like I'm so thankful for our friendship. So thankful for. Um, we love you. We think you know, the world of you. Relationship over the years. It means everything to me. Um, it is just so it's so important, you know, for people like don't live. Don't do this on your own, people. It's no fun. No. You know, it's nice to have somebody to actually, you know, say hi to you in the morning. You know, you know, we're thousands of miles apart. Yeah. I mean, each one of us is thousands of miles apart from each other, but we're not because we're in contact every day. Yes. And sometimes we're busy. I mean, hey, we all have individual lives to lead, you know, <laughs> besides what we do with this stuff here and Advocates United for Humanity. We're all doing other things, too. And it's like, but we always make time to start, just say hi. And we do. One thing, and how are you doing? And one thing I absolutely okay. love is whether it's Roger, it's my kids or my grandchildren, they they always ask about you and Lee. Your auntie great. <laughs> auntie Lee, you know, <laughs> and that is so sweet. I just I, I love that because I think it's not just me. It would you know it's my spouse, it's my children, it's my grandchildren. They all see you as family, but we've known each other Aww. so long that you are yeah. family. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I look at you guys as my sisters. I don't look at you as my yeah. friends. And yeah, I mean yeah, we always say besties or whatever, but we are really more more sisters than anything. And it's just yeah, we're sisters, and it's so important to have that, you know. Um, like so many people, like I said, don't have that within their own family. And, you know, yeah. they've grown up in an only child situation where they don't have any other siblings. So important to find that one, that one person or a couple people in your life that just love you for who you are exactly. and accept you for who you are. They know who you are and they don't, they're not asking you to change. They're not asking you to be somebody more comfortable for them. They just love you for who you are. But then you have to do that for them, too you have to appreciate them for who they are and not try to change them. So it's so important, you know, find people that you click with and that you can trust and they trust you and, you know, and that you can love and they can love you back. Love is unconditional. There, there is not with, to, in my opinion, love is unconditional. You don't have to do a certain thing or look a certain way or, you know, I, I love for the way people treat me and I would hope that you love and respect me for the way that I treat you. And to mm -hmm. me, that's what it is to me. It's, it's an emotion and it's respect. A lot of people, they don't have that. They'll say, I love you. And then in the next breath, they're stabbing you in the back or taking advantage of you or <laughs> talking about you behind your back. And it's like, that's not, that's not love. That's not friendship. That's not trust. That's not that's dirty. <laughs> that's right. It's not, it's, and, and that's a lot of people are doing that, and it's not okay because <laughs> that's not a real friend at the end of the day, man. 
No, well, I'll tell you, it being in the position we're in, I get a lot of people that we meet, and I know you and Lee do as well. And the first thing they are is they want to be your friend. And and I always step back and, and I ask myself, well, why would this person this late in my life all of a sudden want to be my friend? And then I, I find out down the line that it's either they want something, they need something, they want to publish a book, they want to be on a show, they want to, it always is something that they want. It's, it's never genuine. And to me, friendship and love is genuine. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's why I'm hard and I don't let people in my life. I have to really care about you and love you to let you in my life. <laughs> Actually, it's really important. And that's where that whole boundary thing is really important that, you know, like we were all talking about, because you do have to be careful who you let in your life. Yeah, and you do. You have to you have to set those boundaries to, you know, and when people cross those boundaries, you know, because it because you know, if you so if I go and I cross somebody's boundary, I I, I expect that they're gonna tell me. I've crossed a boundary and then I need to change that so they don't do that again. And so if somebody does that to me, I need to be able to say, look, you've crossed my boundary. But so, so many people just don't, they don't care. No, they don't. They, don't. They, hurt you. they don't care if they take advantage of you or whatever. So you no. have to have your boundaries and it's really important to set them and, you know, find out, you know, make sure these people are trustworthy before you share too much information with them. You know what I mean? You yes. cannot trust everybody. You just no. can't. And I mean, people have to kind of show themselves trustworthy. I that's how I, I remember when I started it, you know, this advocacy stuff, you know, I wanted to be able to be, I wanted to trust people, but I also wanted people to trust me. But there is a certain point where you do have to prove yourself. You know what I mean? You do. And everybody's yeah. not your friend. You, you just can't. You can't trust everybody and everybody is not your friend. Yeah. Every Everybody I meet will say, oh, I'm a friend, I'm a friend. If I don't know you and I don't know anything about you and I can't trust you, how are, how are you a friend? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it seems like we get a lot of things and people will say, Oh, you know, we're friends or I'm a friend of a friend. And, you know, and I, and I do, I keep my, I keep my guard up. I always have. And like I said, a few years ago, I learned a big lesson from someone. And mm -hmm. from that point on, it was like, no, you know, I'm never going to put myself in the position again where I absolutely trust someone and care about them and go out of my way to do for them and their family and then be stabbed in the back. That'll never happen to me again. So that's why I kind of, I do, I keep my guard up and yeah, I yeah, you kind of have to. I love the people who love me. I respect the people that respect me. And, you know, and, and like I said, I, my circle's small, but I like it that way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of, you know, it's whatever, it's whatever each person needs. And I think that, you know, some, I'm happier with a smaller circle. Um, I know that some people like to have lots and lots and lots of people around them and that's, and that's okay too. You know what I mean? But it's kind of whatever you need, but it's yeah. just important, you know, the, just to make sure that you just don't, you know, that people know, like, you know, there is support out there. If you yes. are, if you're on your own and you just don't have anybody to talk to and you just, you, you're just sitting there thinking, man, nobody cares. That's not true. You just no. have to find the right people. And so unless you reach out, they'll they'll never be able to find you. They'll never be able to meet you. They'll never get to know who you are. No. Like when I started reaching out to people because I was on my own and seriously was, uh, you know, spiraling down terribly into a pit of depression. Um, when I started my healing journey, this is I'm talking, um, suicidal ideation stuff. It was terrible. And when I started reaching out, I thought, you know, I, I have to do something. 
And that's because I know there's got to be somebody out there who can, who, who will care and who can help me out. And I was right, man. Cause as soon as I started reaching out, all these hands came back and I was like, mm-hmm. that was the best thing I ever did. And I'm telling you, that's why I'm so, you know, so adamant for people do not do this on your own. If you don't want to, there's people, there's, there's all kinds of people out there, all good people. Uh, people, you know, that would be glad to be your friend and glad to help you. And, just glad to listen and be an ear and you know so you make those phone calls you can find resources on our website you know advocates yes uh, it's au4h.weebly.com um, isn't that right au4h.weebly.com and then there's and we have um those ebooks that i was mentioning in the last show you can get these ebooks tons and tons of ebooks we have lots of resources on our website go and check it out and so you know if you haven't seen it before um you can also just, if you just type into your browser, if you're looking for a support group for whatever kind of situation you're going through, you know, if it's domestic violence or drug addiction or, you know, whatever these issues are, you just start typing it in there and put support group by it and you'll see all this stuff will come up, right? Yes. So, because there's anonymous support groups, you don't even have to give people your name. You can get help anonymously um, if you just really don't want anybody to know who you are. You can do this. You don't have to be on your own. You don't have to be suffering on your own. And um, that's important, especially with COVID-19, because we're some of us still so isolated. So, yeah. you know, you need to make sure you reach out. Don't don't stay isolated if you don't want to be. Some people are happy being a little island unto themselves, and that's okay. <laughs> but if you, if you're not, and you you just want you just want that friendship with a couple people who understand what you're going through and are going to be there for you to listen, you know, you make a phone call. You know, it's really important. And if you're, if you feel like you can't do this and you've got nobody to talk to, I usually say this on my shows, but I'll say it here tonight because this is Wellness Wednesday. And if you seriously think you can't do it another five minutes because you don't know how you're going to take another breath, you need to call a suicide hotline. You You need to call somebody because we want to see you here back here again next week for our show the next Wednesday. We don't want you to give up. No. you know, it's so important. Like, Lord, you know, I always tell them it's getting through the next five minutes. If you can get through the next yeah. five minutes, you can do anything. And That's right. a lot of people feel like they can't, but, but they can. And we do have a lot of good people on our team that do a lot of work. I know each of us do work in our own communities and, you know, but um, there's a lot of people out there. They're, they're willing to sit. They're li- willing to listen. I mean, I always say to everybody, I'm here if you want to yell, scream, you know, vent, whatever. I, I'm here. To, I'm here to listen. I'm here for you, and and that's and that's important. But all you have mm-hmm. to do is through the next five minutes, and that's right. You know, and, and we want to see you through. We want to see everyone succeed. That's right, and it, this is it's just so important because some people think that there's actually nobody out there that cares, and that's just yeah. not true. A lot of people that I deal with personally, they'll they'll say, I have nobody. There's nobody here for me. And I always say, and a lot of times I've actually referred people to the different groups that you do. I tune them into your website, your channel. I'll give them the information to get in contact with you. That's and, awesome. You know, and I'll say, I'm like, we, we genuinely care about people. We genuinely care about seeing people, you know, get through. I genuinely want to, I want to help people. And all of us. I mean, all of us have taken time to help on all different levels. And and like I said, the biggest thing is getting through the next five minutes. That's right. 
Just, it's hard, but you but you no. can get there and, and you can yeah. do it and you can succeed. I mean, we've all been in places where we're not comfortable, where we're not feeling the best, you know. But like I said, we reach out to our support systems, whether it's a spouse, um, one of you or, you know, a yeah. close person in the circle. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's just so important to reach out and don't give up my friends, you know, our friends. <laughs> so yeah, check our website out. And you know, if you haven't, if you haven't subscribed to our channel here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Just smash that like that button. button. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, share our info. You can catch us all over the place. Or you can catch AU for AU4H radio. We have a Twitter page. We, you know, we've got Twitter, we've got uh, we'll, we'll be doing Instagram here pretty soon, next week or two, probably. I just haven't set it up yet, but we will. And, yeah. the, um, you know, you can, on Facebook, you know, come and join us and, you know, get involved, right? Get, we, we have our Community Kids Watch program rolling, and especially for the month of April because it is the Child Abuse Awareness Month. That was our show last week. You can catch that if you didn't catch that. Um, we were talking about the April Child Abuse Awareness Month and Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So, you know, get involved, right? If you don't get, if you don't want to get involved with us, just get involved with somebody. And, uh, but we're very thankful for all of the people that do, you know, support us and, um, you know, join in our fundraisers and they try to help support the mission that we're doing. We really appreciate it. We're all volunteer and we're doing this because we care. And, you know, it's so important just to get, get involved. You know, not a, not not everybody has a lot of money to donate to different things. That's fine, but you could share our stuff, and you could share yes. our, our information because we're out here trying to help, trying to make a difference, trying to reach that one person who just thinks that maybe life isn't worth living. And I'm telling you, I've been there, it and is. I'm still here today. Yeah, um, so many years later, I'm still here. Praise God. Here. Yeah, and it's truly because of people like Donna and people like Lee who reached out to me when I started reaching out and told me that I was worth it and you that are I should stick it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, if you're listening to this and you catch it on a podcast somewhere or whatever, you are worth it. You do matter. You matter to us. You matter to me. And so you stick it out and then you come back and you join us here next week on Wednesday night, same time, same place. We want you to stay here right with us. Right. So thank you, my sisters. It's always great. I love this time to spend with you. And that was awesome. We thanks for thanks for starting, you know, in, introducing the show and getting the topic going. It was wonderful. I hope you have a wonderful night, everybody. And you know, all for all of the people who are listening and whatnot, take good care. And we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have a nice night. Love, love. Peace and love. <laughs> Have a great night. <laughs>